Cheers. Oh, you Cheers. are drinking. Cheers. Welcome to another edition of Road Trip, and I'm your host, Allie Clifton, chanting Fry Richard Jefferson, and making his second appearance, this time not on a boat. It is uh, now the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, because back then, I believe you were an interim head coach or coming off that season with the Rockets, J.B. Bickerstaff? I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. <laughs> 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 I believe it was that that summer you were coming off of that, and then I think you may have went to Memphis. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's about right. JB has JB has coaching stops the way I played my last seven years. Like <laughs> you look up, and he's got a, a pivotal role in nine different organizations. <laughs> hey, he's got the best role right now. We were just talking about it. Hundred percent. I was getting ready to say we're. I'm looking at Channing's face right now. We should definitely do these podcasts without being able to see each other's faces. <laughs> no. That's what makes it so authentic. Uh, JB joined my club. I have to see him every week, weekly. I actually oh, thought we were going to oh. get by without doing one this week, and then Channing was like, let's do two. Yeah. That's yeah. so, hey, why you got you to choose your friends wisely. So JB asked me a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, would you be willing to talk to some of my guys? And I'm like, yeah, 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 no problem. Like, just let me know the time. I'll chop it up with your guys, your younger players. So he sends me a text. As our group is texting, like, are we going to do two? Can we do one today? What are we thinking? So JV's texting me. He's like, hey, my bad. What, do you, what, you know, what are your things about Friday? And I go, what are you doing today at 1 o'clock? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what, did one of your guests cancel? And I was like, no, you just happened to be texting me while we're talking about if we're going to do a podcast right now. So Can you like, ever just be generous with your time, Richard, and just do something out of the kindness of your heart for one of your but friends? That's the thing, is that I had already agreed to do the event. He was the one that delayed in telling me when it was going to be. Like a week later, he texts me, say, all right, I'll get back to you. So I was being generous with my time. Okay, so I think this sets up the uh, perfect opportunity to remind everyone, in case you forgot about the episode JB was on, these guys are friends. So many people are probably like, how do you have a head NBA coach on, and you're not talking about his job? what's going on and instead we're listening to the, the friendship aspect which is awesome but JB I do want to find out what's going on in Cleveland how do you like it uh what's the latest uh it's hot right now so we can, uh, nasty it's nasty <laughs> it's hot um, the bugs is out getting in your beard it's nasty uh, but we, we we found a way to have a good time um you know our family's been enjoying the outdoors uh, what is that you have in your hand? Um, it's called a San Juan, no carbs. Yeah. That's, that's the perfect retirement drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to slim it up here. Got a little COVID uh, no, we're doing good, though. We're taking advantage of the lake um, and quarantining best we possibly can. You guys have a boat? Uh, we are actually in the process of joining a boat club. Oh, oh God. That's, that's amazing. Hey, are you finna get a pontoon? I just bought one. Right. Uh, that, They've that, got a try tune now, Channing. You need to that, check that, that out. Is, that is some affluent African-American shit right there. Well, <laughs> my wife got it for me for Father's Day, just so you know. <laughs> that's your girl, so. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay, speaking of my girl, I want to let you guys know, and all the people listening, I am in Phoenix, Arizona right now. And that is the birthplace of... Uh, JB and I's relationship as a friends and the relationship with him and his wife. The summer of 01, Channing was sleeping on my couch every single night. Wait, is this at, every single night? At, I was staying at Ganey Ranch 
uh, I was getting ready for the draft. Uh, no, Channing, no, that was actually the next summer, Channing. But I, when I was getting ready for the draft, I stayed, I stayed in Ganey Ranch. Then JB, he was rehabbing an injury. So we had just met. And I think he had just turned 21. I was still 20. And what happened was is that we had one person that entered. There's like two bars. So we had one person that, that got us into this bar. And once we got in and introduced us to the guy, every single night, me and JB were just- Access Radius. Out. Oh, Access Radius, that was it. Uh, but uh, for, for all the people that are worried, this was literally 20 years ago. Yeah. This was 20 years ago, yeah. I turned 40, so uh, that was 20 years ago. Boy, we've come a long way. I was I sleeping on Richard's couch every night for like a month, <laughs> maybe two, and Richard was like, Channing, don't you have to work out or do something? <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, he was, yeah. Like, well, Channing was starting his senior year. Yeah, he was starting his senior year. And so, like, obviously, he was sleeping on my couch, and he was my new JB. And so <laughs> I, had somebody, <laughs> I had somebody hang out with me every day. Yeah, you were desperate like, to find somebody to hang out with. Yeah, what? Yeah. You were desperate to yeah, find somebody like, to hang out with. Yeah, and I get oh. lucky. I get you and Channing. Like, come on. I ask this question to Channing a lot. How right now, JB's like, is he going to reference me hanging out every single night when I was 21 years old uh, on the podcast? Probably. We're not going to edit that shit out. Fuck you, JB. <laughs> I ask Channing all the time, how in the world are you friends with Richard? So my question to you, JB, is how in the world, especially back then, were you friends with this guy? Now the truth, JB. Th this guy was a little different back then. Uh, he was... He was <laughs> He was a little different. Um, as opposed to? Confidence wasn't as high. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's scary. The, the alpha male tattoo, once he got that, it was downhill from there. Okay, right. do, the, do the three of you have, do, you, do the three of you have one common story together that no one knows or that you could share on the podcast about the, the time only, back then? The only one that we could probably share was probably at the house in San Diego. That was the only time that we were all kind of in the same place at the same time, right? Well, we spent one all-star break together in LA, all of us. Yeah. Oh, Remember yeah. That? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was two, two all-star break. Yeah, two around Valentine's Day. And Channing yeah. Yeah. was thoughtful enough and brought, brought all the wives uh, Valentine's Day presents. Such an asshole. Yeah. Aww. yeah. Oh, he made us all look bad. Made what us all bad. He's such what did a you buy? I forgot. I was. It was like. <laughs> it was like. Yeah. It was. It was. It was something like bows or something like it. It wasn't. Yeah. It was. No, a, no. It wasn't yeah. a real game. It was like. You, I was can't, like, you oh, can't say that that's not a real gift. Like, that's a very. If I get one of them bad boys for Christmas, I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, but I was like at Walgreens. They had like a two for one, and I was like, shit. I might as well hook the wife up. Right. Pair right. myself. <laughs> you know, like. Just oh, everybody else. Yeah. He, he made everybody else look bad, but he made us oh, all dude. Uh, there was a time when Richard played in New York. We hung out. Richard was played for the Nets, and then I think the Nets played Charlotte. Uh -huh. And then uh, you uh -huh. were like a Mecca Okafor <laughs> that time. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, I never forget JB. So JB was coaching. JB was coaching. Uh, you were the associate head coach of Charlotte at the time, and uh -huh. I was playing I was with the Nets and Kareem Rush was on the team and I just kept letting Kareem score <laughs> like, 
Like I would go out, I would close out to a shooter short <laughs> or let him do whatever. Just because I was trying to help my guy out, man. Just trying you to help. You trying to help JB out? No. Well, you're trying to help Kareem out. I was yeah. trying to help Kareem out. <laughs> I was trying to help Kareem. Kareem was having just a rough go at it. So I was trying to help Kareem out. But we actually, it's funny you bring him up. Like we are, my dad and I were having a conversation yesterday, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And my dad just called me out of the blue and was like, how talented was Kareem Rush? Oh, oh man. People don't know. The was unreal. Duh. Oh. It, it was just, even like I saw him probably, you know, a year ago. The dude has 0% body fat, right. lifts, he's ripped up, and such a nice he's still dude. still a singer? You don't know with Kareem, right? You don't know because he's a man of many talents. But played again. JB, you probably remember his brother, uh, uh, Jerron. Uh-huh. Uh, so Jerron Rush was probably top five in our class. It was like Corey Maggette, uh, Richard Lewis, Jerron. And he was amazing. Went to UCLA, was there with Matt Barnes, Dan Gadzurik. He was a part of that class. It's and, a reach. Yeah, he just had some, he had some issues. They had a really messed up, not want to say messed up, but it's a very, very tough childhood. And I think some of those issues probably trickled down. Like, like think about it, like Jerron didn't make it, even though in my opinion, he was the most talented. Kareem made it a little bit, um, not as much as he should have. And then obviously Brandon Rush, their younger brother, probably made it the furthest and the longest because they, you know, he was probably shielded from some of the bullshit that those guys unfortunately were dealing with, man. So, you know, I love the, I still love Kareem to this day. That's my brother, man. But man, what a crazy story. Cause he was so talented. Cause it was like, they were one of the first where they were talking about all three of them being in the league at the same time. Early. Yeah. yeah. Early they were talking about that. Like when they were all, I never forget because he was my favorite player to watch, even though we were in the same class. Cause he was just like 20 pounds more than me and all that. And I remember looking at it uh, in uh, like an article and they were like, I don't know, maybe it was Shannon Anderson. Shannon Anderson just signed a $25 million deal with the Knicks. Jerron Rush is better than Shannon Anderson right now. And you're like, just putting that in perspective, that's how good at 6'7", 215 pounds at 18 years old, shoot, dribble, handle, just did it all and was athletic. And it was like, dude, all three of them. Now you got to shout out the, the Holiday Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, there, is there any other triples? Is there any other triples that, that have made it to the league? There was a Plumleys for a little bit, right? No, Plumleys, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Plumleys. Yeah. Wow. Could be the balls. No, the second, the middle one, Mello's got, is Mello, Mello's got some work to do. Lonzo got some stuff. Mello's going to play. And then well, no, uh, yeah. Jello, nah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. But they were they easily physically were the yeah. three that should have been you know in the league ten years apiece. Right. Yeah. So speaking of hoops, obviously this wow. is the week that all NBA teams are traveling towards the bubble. Not all. The Cavs are not, unfortunately. And look, that's my home state team, so I'm actually bummed about this too. JB, I'm on your side. This is my team. I may be in LA, but they're still my team. Um, You're closer to Indiana. Then word is closer to Indiana. You are right. Thanks for being geographically on point. Uh, you are correct. The Cavs are my team. Uh, so what is the latest with the Cavs, first and foremost? Because I do want to find out, is the second bubble happening? Uh, we are fighting and having conversations with the league about doing, being able to do something. 
Um, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn on what, you know, if it's what's happening, but, you know, there are teams, the, all, all eight teams are fighting for something uh, because we just feel like it's too important to bring our guys together. You know, if you think about it, it's almost eight months in between games if our guys aren't allowed to do something. Uh, and, you know, other teams are reaping the benefits. You know I mean? Like they get practice time together. They get to play games together, um, you know, build chemistry, all those things. So uh, we feel it's necessary that our guys deserve uh, to be able to do something. So uh, our front office is working their tail off to try to make something happen uh, for our guys. You know, for us in particular, we were building positive momentum. Uh, you know what I mean? We were moving in the right direction. So uh, we want to find a way to kind of bridge the gap between now and, you know, months from now so that we can continue to build that. Um, what is the, I understand that angle and aspect, but like from a, the medical, the safety thought of it, you know, they, they have this story that comes out, Jackie McMullen posts that story about the potential to have a second bubble. And many people are wondering what players are going to think of that, given it's kind of like, what would you consider it as kind of just like a, a classic, just game scrimmaging, um, when it comes to actually playing for something, um, you know, well, how do players feel? Well, I think, you know, players are competitive and they're intelligent. And yeah. they know, you know, what's being gained and what's being lost uh, by people being able to get together and then certain groups not being able to get together. Uh, the first thing that we would always think about is the guy's health. You right. know what I mean? Like, we're not going to do anything silly to risk anybody's health, whether it's, you know, through the pandemic or whether it's rushing something where guys are pulling hamstrings and blowing knees out because, you know, we rushed into an effort to get guys, um, you know, some minutes. So that's the first thing on our plate. And, you know, there's enough intelligent people who are working on that. Uh, and so I try to stay out of that as best I can. You know, I, we can talk about garden pick and roll and those things and I can help you. Uh, but when you want to talk about pandemics, I can give you some people's numbers. But you know what? I wish more people would take that, that, uh, uh, that place, JB. I really right. do especially at this point in time so that's where we are we're 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 working to do something uh because we just feel it's too valuable for our guys to miss out on um you know months and months without real competition but you feel good about where you guys are now i know Cavs fans they love hearing this and as you mentioned you guys were trending in the right direction before everything got put to a halt you yeah about what you have yeah there's no doubt about it i feel like you know again we were clicking, you know what I mean? We had some really good wins against some really good teams. Um, we were starting to develop our identity, you know, all those things. And what we were doing is we were building a foundation for the future. Um, you know what I mean? Like we understood where we were in the point in the season, but like, you know, if you could lay the foundation of how you're going to compete and how unselfish you're going to play on both ends of the floor, like that lets everybody know who you are. So as you're moving forward, you start there and then you can put the layers on top of that. Yeah. That disadvantage, that like you talked about, at first I was like, why on earth would those teams want to try and create a second bubble? And I, like, I really, that was my legitimate first thought. Mm -hmm. And then you get to that space and you're like, damn. Because like you said, they're typically the, the younger teams are in that position. Teams that are, you know, with the most changeover are rebuilding or developing young players. So it's like, those are the people that need the game more 
so as far as to get themselves to that spot of becoming a, a playoff team and a, and, a, and a contending team. If you lose eight months of development from your guys that are 21, 22, that really, that amount, and you're talking about like missing chunks of, mo, uh, of the season, that would put you probably about a year and a half of an actual season of like a normal NBA season behind everybody else. And to me, you know, what we're missing out and, you know, the games speak for themselves, but all the other things that you guys know go into building team, like we're missing. Like we'll be separated from March 11th until, you know, at earliest if things go this way until like November of next year, possibly. So think about building a team and camaraderie and chemistry and your guys can't be in a building together. You know what I mean? For that yeah. long amount of time. So that, that's tough to overcome, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, is that Hendrix? Hendrix, what up, homie? What's up, Hendrix? All right, Nate, you want to sit in here or you want to get out? Dude, 5'2", 103 pounds. He's oh, nine. Wow. I, didn't yeah. I didn't run myself right now, so. Yeah, but somebody need to get him a lineup. I actually have. Um, to brush your hair next <laughs> time. Before you come on. hair. Better brush your hair before you come on here next time, Hendrix. He got his daddy. Maybe I was just thinking that. He said what? I said he got his daddy's front lineup. Oh yeah, it's rough out here right now. I gotta he's get like, him. That's what he's like. Look at my example. Who do I? Oh, is he dancing? We got this little guy dancing on your shoulder. Who's that guy, Channing? Oh, he comes. Uh, okay, so I think we can. Sorry, real quick, I just sorry, just you guys just got me on this when he stepped in the room. So speaking of kids now, so my kids have understood what you know the politics and the social injustice that are going on and the protesting. Like we took them to some protests. So I wake up this morning and my girls have signs because they're going to prote protest the fact that people are talking about banning TikTok. <laughs> I, I, and, and this is why I want to say this. I hate, I, I, this, is, this is real. Because you guys are family, like I feel bad that I'm a part of that band TikTok movement. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't really care about TikTok, but uh, yeah. Oh I'm, my TikTok gosh. JB, how old are your girls? Uh, nine and eight. Oh yeah, that's, that's their, that is like, exactly who's on TikTok right you know, now. Your family TikToks have been, like I get, I get those videos. He's like, look at what the Bickerstaffs are doing. It's like I don't give a damn. I'm not dancing. Listen, hold on. We did two, like That's the first two weeks of quarantine. And when do you think that those statements were made to me? During the first now, two listen, weeks of and quarantine. I, and now it's out of control. Like I got one girl who can't walk from room to room without doing a TikTok dance. Aww, yes. I bet she's so cute too. I mean, she's cute, but I can't do the TikTok. <laughs> but I can't. We'll leave the TikTok to them. Yeah. yeah. What about Blade? Is Blade heavy in the TikTok? Yeah, but he watches like his aren't the dancing ones. It's like yeah. people who are blowing stuff up and you know, like doing trick shots and stuff like that. But yeah, that's what he watches. There, there, you know, there was a times earlier on when I was a younger player, uh, a better player. Uh, there were there were rumors of different trades uh, that go on, and and sometimes people like to inquire to other people or coaches or people that have had experiences with the individual. Uh, and it, this is commonplace. It happens 30 times a season for every team. Hey, what do you think of this person? What do you think of this person? And my name came across somebody's, uh, somebody's list 
while Braun was in Cleveland the first time. That was wow. it. Was yeah. that the same story for you too, Channing? Yeah. I mean, uh, I went to, uh, this is when I was leaving uh, Portland, way younger days. And so I took a trip here to Cleveland and, uh, you know, I was talking with, I think it was Mike Brown at the time. And, you know, I had a conversation with him and went to his house and ate and it was great. And at the end, I had one question. I was like, well, how do you want to play? Like, he was like, yeah, I want to play in the low 90s and like the mid 80s, really grind it out. And I was like, okay, thanks. And shook his hand. And then I called <laughs> Alvin Gentry. And he was like, I was like, well, how do you want to play? He was like, we want to score 125 a game. And I was like, all right, I'll see you next week. So I ended up going to Phoenix. I was just like, listen, I, I know my style. I'm not the fastest person in the world, but I would much rather run than play that grind out, beat wow. up style basketball. So, wow. so I chose Phoenix over Cleveland. It all worked out the way it should. Um, night, which as is. JB getting all quiet, dog, and shit. I listen. I, I know when to speak my piece and I know when to shut up. Yeah. So you might be you might be able to speak your piece here. Because tonight, okay. or it would be last night, was the debut of a um, show produced by Kyrie, former Cavalier, of course. Uh, say her name, Brianna Taylor. He joined rapper Common and others calling for action following the death of Brianna Taylor. Um, I think this was just an incredible um, gesture and, and part by Kyrie for what he is doing, especially as he is not right now able to play, uh, but continuing to do as he said and continuing to call for um, justice and equality. Yeah, I mean, I think the platform that these guys have is second to none. You know, the attention that everybody pays to every single word that they say, uh, and guys need to use it. And what it is for all of us as we're going through this, the most important thing we can do is be educated and understand the ins and outs of each situation and how they're different. And then starting to figure out, like, you know, the history and the reason why. Um, I don't want to, not, not to go off on a tangent, but because of all this stuff, you know, as a coaches association, we formed a subcommittee. And we've been privileged enough to talk to some very intelligent people uh, on this. You know, Brian Stevenson is one. You guys seen the, the movie Just Mercy is based on his life. Um, you know, we, we've spoke to some brilliant people. And... Like what he does is he makes it simple and clear as to the reason why we are here. And, you know, he's got the, uh, the Equal Justice Initiative in Birmingham, Alabama, and he tracks all the lynchings up until 1950 or 1960 that happened here in our country. And you start to realize why the relationship between the police and black communities, you know, why there is this distrust, because there's time and time again where uh, you know, a black member of the community was taken from their home while police either were a part of the lynch mob or turned their backs and watched it happen. Mm -hmm. And like, people want to say it was so long ago. And for me, I bring it like, my dad was born into segregation. So it wasn't that long ago. He was born in 1943 while these things were still happening. So you can imagine the conversations that his mother and grandparents had with him. And he had those conversations with us because there's still that, you know, that, that lack of trust between the community. So like, if we don't know the history, then, you know, that's why we just yell out ignorant statements. And we say that, you know, it's not police brutality and it's not this, like the people who are yelling that just haven't done their homework or they're okay with it. 
And I think that's where, you know, I would prefer people to just tell me that they're okay with it. Uh, and so I know what I'm dealing with face to face, but you know, those of us who don't and who are ignorant to our history are the reasons that are upset with what's going on right now. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the age thing. Like somebody was saying like Emmett Teal and for the people that don't know the Emmett Teal story, it was, you know, very sad one about a young kid that had some things happen to him and his mom wanted to have an open casket. And, and that was a big pivotal moment. Um, uh, if you go back and look at the civil rights area and he would be 79 today. And so you're like, 79 is like your, our, our, our grandparents, our, our parents, right? Definitely our parents age. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's trying to understand, like you said, how we got here. Um, and it, it, we're not like, yes, there are things that happened in safe slavery. There are things that happened 150 years ago. And all, all, that's not necessarily what we're talking about, although knowing that history helps bring you to today. But it's like the stuff that I try and focus on for people is more of like, yo, our grandparents, think about what your grandparents were born into or what your grandparents' experiences were. And no different how your mom really likes something, your dad really likes something, then you really like it. There's a traditional thing that has passed on, whether it's education, whether it's finance, whether it's emotional situations. And just knowing your history is, is so, so, so important. But I'm just, I don't know. I think now so many people are listening and trying to learn and trying to inform themselves. And that's, that's really the best thing we can do. Yeah, let me bring this to you, Chris. So somebody brought this to me. Uh, one of the guys on our staff <clears throat> brought this to me. And it was, I mean, it, it's pretty profound when you think about it. Like if you were to go to the doctor right now, right, they would ask you, do you have high blood pressure? Do you have diabetes? Did, have you had cancer? And then the next thing they ask you did, your mother or father have diabetes, high blood pressure, or cancer, and then they ask you about your grandparents, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. You know, those things are passed down generation to generation, whether it's, you know, the physical trauma or the mental trauma of all these things or the thought process of it all. Like, it's all on our chart no matter how you look at it, whether it's, you know, the medicine or, you know, the mental uh, anguish and physical pain that we felt. Like, it's still on our chart from our, our, our ancestors. and you know, it's those of us who are trying to move things forward, it's there. And those of us who are continuing to build the hate, like it's still there. That's where it's coming from. It's passed on generation to generation to generation. And, you know, that's why I think, you know, I've been pleased to see so many people of so many different, you know, colors and places and races who are trying to do more and sustaining it. I think before we've seen people come out and they get pissed off for two or three days and then the news cycle shifts and then everybody's attention shifts. But like now people are fighting the fight. And, you know, I mean, like I, I'm encouraged by, you know, the people that are fighting the fight and they're continuing to do so. Well, people had time. People, people, people had time. I've been so, I say it all the time on like our shows that we're doing. Um, it's just, I've just been so proud of the NBA. When you, when you talk about wanting to create a movement, continue a movement, and I just feel like they're so much in the forefront of, of so many. And um, I, I think what they're doing, another thing that I've loved is the new messaging on the back of the jerseys within the bubble. I, I mean, as a coach, as former players, like what does that mean to you guys to see? That's just one of the many gestures that they're going to do. 
the just from a coaching standpoint what it does is it gives you the comfort to speak your piece no matter what and i think that's what you need is you know we don't have the talent that you know richard and channing had um you know so people can replace us and you know we don't have the you know what i mean the the investment that's the same as those guys so having the support of your league and your organization you know makes you feel confident that you can say the right things uh and fight for what's right and just to echo your point we are by far the greatest league when it comes to you know any of the social justice issues uh it, i mean it's not even close uh and you know adam silver heads that on but like you know it, it's not even close the support that the guys get the freedom that they get uh to go out and you know speak their minds and do what's do what's right uh for everybody and you know again these dudes are superstars you know they're heroes to a lot of people and you know those heroes can change a lot of people's minds um, you know, with their words and more so with their actions. Like, I think that's the greatest thing, you know, that we've seen through this, you know, pandemic and, you know, these changes. It's not a bunch of dudes just talking. Like, there's NBA players that are out there, you know, going after it and creating change and, uh, and with action. And that's what I think has been, you know, unique about this time. And again, like Rich said, like, you know, they didn't have to go play an 82-game schedule while this was happening. But, you know, they had to fight a pandemic that was dangerous for everybody. And they continue to go out and, and support the cause. So, um, you know, hats off to those guys. Like, this, this is a brilliant league. We got a bunch of intelligent dudes in our league. Like, people don't want to give them credit. You know what I mean? People want to mock them uh, and sell them short uh, because of their ignorance. But we've got a league full of very intelligent, uh, well-rounded, um, incredible men. And I'm, you know, I'm pleased to be a part of it. Uh, can we, you know, I, I know we're talking about the men in this league. I want to talk about some of your young players. I want to talk about some of your young players and some of the core uh, that you guys have. Cause I really, I could care less about Kevin, Kevin Love. I think he's trash and he's a waste of all of our times. Love you, Kevin. Uh, uh, triangle for life. Uh, no, but, but. Oh my God. What? Uh, but just, can you, I, so I had the pleasure of covering a lot of PAC 12 games and I saw a game and a half of Porter playing uh, and everyone like, and again, he was one of those guys who were like, yo, he was a top 10 player. You know, everyone has him in the top 10, you know, coming out, he had some injuries, had some stuff uh, that he was dealing with. So he never really got to get going, but he's gotten going in his rookie year. Like, what do you see from him? Like, are you guys ex excited about that potential uh, that, that this guy shows? Yeah. Before we get to that, can we get Channing a chair that he's comfortable in? I mean, I, I, again. Yeah. I just can't sit still. And no, this is uh, a rental oh house. So is Herbert, is office, Herbert so. still there? Is what? Is Herbert still there? No. Herbert's not. That's literally the grave site. You could see it. Herbert. He, we named his, I got to put some coconut his, oil on that bad named, boy. He named his pimple Herbert like a week ago. <laughs> and it's just like, I see that Herbert is still there. Sorry, a, a, wasn't that an episode of uh, Family Guy? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, was it. it is. 
Yeah, I forgot um, what did he name what did he name his but anyways, yeah. I don't know, but he was mad aggressive. That's all I know. Pimple was really aggressive. Yeah. Your player or the No, the her. pimple was aggressive. Oh. Uh let's <laughs> sorry, I'll get back. I'll get back to KP. So he is an unbelievable talent. Um, he is an unbelievable kid. Like he's got a you know, a heart of gold, like wants to be a part of the team, wants to play the right way. Um, you know, on the offensive end of the floor. You know, his skill set is, you know, and his ability to get to the basket and score uh, and play make. Like, he's got all the tools. And then defensively, he's competitive as hell. And he wants to go after. Like, he's got an opportunity to be a top, you know, two-way player in this league. It, to me, is a story of, you know, one person trying to do the most uh, to a kid to prove a point. Um, because he's not the kid that they tried to portray him to be where people should have been afraid for him to slip to us at 30. And thank you to whoever did that because we got a steal and we got a great kid. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited about, you know, his potential and the opportunity that he has going forward. Yeah. I heard, I heard that when, even when he was there, that, you know, he wasn't playing, he had the injury and obviously these young kids, if they're supposed to be one and done, if you're not 100%, they tell you to sit out. They tell you to sit down. And I'm not saying you didn't have an injury, but you see this more times than not. Guys are probably planning on being in school one year, being very, very precautious when they're playing. But then there was just a bunch of other questions. And so when I saw him fall to 30, and I knew that at the beginning of his season that everyone had him as a, in a, as a top 10 player, and he was a top you know five, top 10 player coming out of high school, I, I didn't. I knew that you guys had a great, great opportunity. But then watching him play, he has a chance to be special. And and that's you know that's not the word that you use or you know that or coaches use. We don't use that word lightly. You no, know what I mean, no. Like, which word? Special. Special. Yeah, no, we don't no, throw no. that word out. No. Like, but he legitimately has an a chance to be a special player. Yeah, um, like he's physically strong, shoot it, pass it. Athlete. Yeah. Like he's got, like you said, every single skill set that you need, and he already has them at 19. And so and the thing that's even more like, and you've been around these guys, it's like he just does things naturally that you're like, oh my God, did he just do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at a full speed, like he'll just be going full speed, and then all of a sudden something will happen, and like grown NBA players will look at each other like, did you just see that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. He's got that in him. And so that's why, I mean, and throw on top of it, he's a great kid. Like, I couldn't be more excited about the opportunity, man. Yeah, congratulations for him dropping the 30. Was uh, Channing labeled as a special player? Yes, but no. not physically. No. It wasn't you my were? forte. I'm more of a skilled guy. Yo, I watched the tournament game. Obviously, the outcome wasn't the greatest. But I, during quarantine, I watched the tournament game of Illinois and Arizona. Wow. And wasn't it was it Jay Billis or Dan Dockich? They couldn't keep Channing's name out of their mouth. Like they loved it, Channing. I was like, wow, that special of a Translated that game to the NBA, I would have been an all-star. But the problem was I was a center <laughs> in college. And then when I got to the NBA, I had to go up against fucking Shaq. <laughs> so it's like, er, this ain't me, right? And then moving the power forward. I was in the East, and Chris Bosh 
was walloping me every week. It was like, fuck. Yeah, the <laughs> NBA is remember. harder. The NBA is harder than college, Channing. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> Wait a yeah, second. So, so what like, did you become? I, go? I said, where can I go where I don't have to wrestle Shaq, but I also get a chance to score more points than who's guarding me? I'm going to start shooting threes, so fuck there y'all. You there you go. <laughs> no, Channing was all rookie team. That's the thing. Channing, Channing hey, what? Was, what happened? Kenny was all rookie first team. Oh, he had to deal with Larry Brown. He had to deal with Larry Brown. Then he went to Portland, and he was behind LaMarcus Aldridge, Joel yeah. Prisvilla, and Greg Oden. Like, those yeah. are three, like, those are three <laughs> monsters. People are like, Chenny, you set the bench. I was like, dude, I played behind an all-star every single team I've ever played on. Yeah. Amari, LaMarcus, David Lee, which sort of counts but doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and then Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Right? It was no, like, Kevin's, and then, a, Kevin's not a center. No, but it's yeah, more, Tanning plays power forward. He's a, he's like a, he's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. He's a, it's a sh- positionless basketball. He's a stretch five. <laughs> man, hey, the man became a five. He, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. Bar fives, it, the older I got, the stronger I got, weight room, the more I would guard five, so they had to guard me on the other end. I was like, I don't feel like running around with these guys, but we always had, small fours or we had really athletic fives that were good defensively even like you know even in orlando i could play with vooch or play for vooch and that was kind of my role vooch so. was an all-star and vooch was an all-star first of all i'm telling you he's the most slept on guy in the league skill wise to me vooch? like i played with a lot of big guys and there's nothing he could do and i mean like i don't know like orlando's a good spot for him but for me if he was with I would say like a dominant personality, like a like a for real ball handler, like a for real leader. Uh, he'd be even better. But I forgot what their guard name is. The little guy who shoots and always gets fouled when he goes in for Dana layups. Barrows? Dana Barrows. Dana Barrows. Well, what is this? Nineteen eighty. DJ Augustine. Yes. But like, he like Dana Dana Barrows, Augustine always lit up the Cavs. Always. He's yeah. so damn fast. Always. What's Sorry, wrong with you, JP? <laughs> this is when he... <laughs> no, this is, listen, this is my favorite part. I just, something, it's, sometimes it's best just to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just listen. Okay, I have a little, okay, so this is kind of fun, too. And Richard, if you throw your head back, another idea of mine, I am literally I, going to edit you that's why I put a. That's why I put a pillow here, so <laughs> I can't go back. I want to know, JB. It's a small your pillow, favorite, too. Your favorite thing, and these guys can weigh in. Your favorite thing about Cleveland? What you didn't know about Cleveland? And what you yet want to do in Cleveland? So your favorite thing? Uh, my favorite thing is is the lake, oh. like the views <laughs> that you know that. And it's, where, I mean, and again, I don't want to sound. We live on the uh, we're we're the west side. We're in Avon Lake. Oh yeah, I think that's where all of us lived. Yeah, yeah. like I'm it's West Lake, West Lake. I stay on the west side. Right. Yeah. So we are in. Yeah, we're in Avon Lake, and I mean the things that happen you know, the sun rises, the sun sets. And like, I like watching the storms come in too. Like when the lightning is over the top of the, uh, of the lake, like I think that's awesome. So that's my favorite part. Um, you know, I think probably, did you ask for my least favorite part? No, what you did. Oh, I would never ask would for your least favorite. There's nothing bad about Cleveland. <laughs> hey, listen, right, he spent time in Minnesota. He can handle the snow. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. Right, so what you didn't know about Cleveland. Um, I did not know that it was a foodie town. 
and like we like i mean you can tell by my build we like to eat <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have a favorite um, restaurant what i mean we say? have not been like obviously like we got here and when we first got here uh channing took us to dante's that's the one i couldn't remember yeah and then we actually got to go below one night uh to ginkgo's yeah Ooh, yeah fire so we were there um but again like you know the season started and then things shut down so i haven't been able to explore it as much as i like but uh that's something that we really like to do so we, we will do more of that uh, uh, and i didn't realize that was here yo Chan channing and i were are both the same that drive what what highway is it what highway is it that you get on to go to 8090 but once you get on isn't it great though you get there and like from avon lake or west lake or whatever it's just a straight shot. You make every phone call. You oh. listen to every podcast. You do everything. Like, I, I truly, I truly, like, this is no joke. Like, I really enjoyed my time in Cleveland. Like you said, it's a foodie town. Like, the, even the suburbs that you're in, it reminds you of, like, like out of a movie. Because you're just like, I don't even know, like, if these places existed. Like, because if you go and, like, let's say you're traveling through Cleveland, you're never going to make it to the suburbs of Avon Lake or Westlake. No. So, like, I've never even seen towns like this other than in, like, movies and stuff. Right. Like, like Avon Lake, to me, feels like an old-time, like, lake town. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, like, the houses, the restaurants, you know, the community. Like, it feels like it's its own small town. And then you've got the big city, you know, a few miles away. So... We've enjoyed it. Our family enjoys it. Um, we've had a good time. Have you time been here. to Jake's on the Lake? Been to Jake's on the Lake, yeah. That's, that's good. Um, and yeah. have you been to Dover? Have not been to Dover. Dover Tavern? Dover! Dover Tavern. It's a dive bar, JB. Don't let them fool you, but it is a, a great dive bar. They have a great burger. Thank you. Hey, great and JB, burger. guess what else you get to experience this year? You get to live in Ohio during an election year. That the oh, amount of advertising, house signs, all of that is just so like again, Arizona ain't a swing state. So it's like you you don't really see a lot of like um a lot of like advertising here, but the swing states, Ohio, Florida, places like that, you see so much, like all of the commercial advertising is gone. Right. Yeah. And like, like most places I've been have not been swing states. Yeah. Like we, were, we, we moved here, you know, last year and people were already getting after it at that point. Like <laughs> the signs on people's houses yeah, are wild. Yeah. yeah. And know? it's like, you can see like sign, 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 different sign, different sign, right. different, different sign. You can drive through different neighborhoods and see like all streets, like, and you're just. Oh yeah. There's some neighborhoods. I don't know if I like them signs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, okay, one more thing for you, and then we're going to let you go because you've been so generous right. with your time. Baby, you're so you're such a good friend, JB. I think you guys are all gonna enjoy this one. I say it every time. My last uh, trippin' or not. You can all just weigh in. <laughs> trippin' or not, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, 10 years, 500 million. Not tripping, not get trippin that bread. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you you talking about Kansas City or Patrick Mahomes. Kansas, Kansas City is not tripping. They need to pay. Uh, yeah. Underpaid. Underpaid. He's underpaid. 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 This is why You'll I let never you know get why. a talent like that. Let me, let me tell you why he's underpaid. For the next 20 years. Let me tell you why he's underpaid. And this is 100%. 
they paid that man that much money with, with an existing salary cap. If there was no salary cap and Patrick Mahomes would be an unrestricted free agent next season and there was no salary cap, how much do you think that one of these teams would have paid him? It would have been more. That's why the cap yeah, that's why, but I'm saying that's why the cap was invented is so that they couldn't just overpay and they couldn't get into these battles. But if he was in a bidding war, he would be, how much do you think he would make? 700 million, someone would give that to him? And, the re, and, and this is because they know that he would generate that amount of money for the community, for the, for the city, for the team, for all of that stuff. So if you got paid $500 million with a hard cap, a hard cap that you can't go over, if there was no cap, that means that in an open market, he would have gotten a third more. He would have gotten 700, $750 million underpaid. Stand by. Think about what, what he does for the Kansas City economy, right? When yeah. those games are packed, when everything's exciting, when you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl every year, the city pops. Look at the city of Cleveland, right? It, yeah. When LeBron was there, it's a 60% increase of uh, people coming to watch the games, going to bars, oh, you know. Yeah. They got to it. So he is generating so much money for that team. Ooh. He's not going to get worse. Every wide receiver is going to say, you know what? He's going to be there for the next 10 years. How can I go there and play with him and get some of that bread too? And his hit doesn't even go against the cap. So you got to do it now and then bring in talent around him. Right. And if you think about it, like, the owners are very intelligent people and businessmen and women. So if they're willing to give out $500 million to somebody, imagine what they're going to make on that $500 million. Right? They, like, we have to check and see if they own the land around the arena. Right. What would you guys have done if you got $500 million at the age of 24? Probably doing the same shit I did anyways. Probably doing the exact same thing. It, it would have been on another level, though, Rich. Like, let's be honest. Would his confidence have been a little different, been Listen, if, if that happened, he and I would no longer have been friends, okay? Right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Maybe he had to work during the summer. Thank you. We had, yeah, I had a job. He had a job. He would come and try and work us out. JB would come and hang out with us, but then he would try and work us out, then get mad when I would, like, bullshit through drills. There were, there were some guys who were more receptive to my workouts, and there were others who were not. Let's just say that. And Sounds the, like Richard yeah. and Abe's like relationship. I'll never forget, he yelled at me, right? I'm there by myself, rebounding for him. And I had, I think I was doing it. I was rebounding with an extra ball, and he was missing shots. And he oh. blamed the extra ball for him missing shots. Right, and he's missing. I'm chasing his ball all over the gym, and he's yelling at me. Can I explain? I have an extra ball, and it's can that I, ball's fault can, that he's can, not. Can, can, I, can I explain? Can, can I, I please tell you first of all how underrated rebounding for a shooter is? By the way, when you're by yourself, especially. Oh yeah. Well, well when, and well, at that point, Richard was not a shooter. This <laughs> no, was a that's, that's was I, know, I was trying to tell. I was trying to tell him. If, if he just got me one ball and it was the same ball every time, then he would have to run less. He would have to run less. You just made more. How about you just that, was, that wasn't That wasn't my thing. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to learn how to make more. At that, yeah, at that time, yeah, Ooh. making shots was not his thing. 
No. Thanks Guess what, guys? JB had a job then, and he has one now, and he should probably get going. All right. <laughs> Junior Bickerstaff. <laughs> JB, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Friends y'all. like us, huh, JB? With friends like us. That's right. another edition of Rock Tripping. <laughs>